What up, raghags? This is your host, Shawnee, coming at you with another Authors at a Glance. And let me tell you, today is a real treat because we have our first ever couple duo. Robert made us cry when he talked about loving Tiffany and choosing to move from New York City to Idaho to be with her. And we definitely had to ask, whose idea was it to add tentacles and monsters into their romance? I'm just saying. They were beyond a delight to have. So without further ado, please let me introduce you to the amazing duo, Tiffany Roberts. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. You guys, today we are popping our own cherries by having our first husband and wife writing duo on the show. Please welcome Tiffany and Robert, who are the authors behind Tiffany Roberts. Hi, guys. Thanks for being here. Hi. We are seriously so excited. So one of the things that when we were doing our our Alien and Sci-Fi like season is a lot of the people have more humanoid creatures and we were looking for some like non-humanoid aliens and Shawnee had a great question which is like which one of you was like so I think he should have tentacles like who started that (laughs) oh Tiffany's raising her hand (laughs) okay Tiffany what what sort of spurred that on I was writing actually under a pen name, just like little short erotica stories. And I started writing one about the, the cracking out in the sea and it was more contemporary. But as I was writing like the second chapter, I'm like, I think I want this to be more of a Tiffany Roberts book, something bigger. So I called my husband up while he was at work at the day job back before we went full time. I was like, I have an idea. Let's do lunch. So we went to Olive Garden, yeah. met up. I sure the idea. Yeah. That is and like my favorite thing. Their breadsticks oh, yeah. are so <laughs> fucking good. It's outrageous. Salad breadsticks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I threw the idea at him and, and turned like, into oh, a whole story. Oh, <laughs> a little cringy. I was like, well, <laughs> if we put this sci fi stuff in, maybe, maybe I could get behind it. Yeah. So then one book turned into three, which turned into six and then seven. <laughs> Robert, were you already writing also separately sci-fi? No, we were writing together already at that point. Okay. Uh, gosh, what did we have out? I think Dustwalker was our only sci-fi book that we had out at that point because we started with fantasy. But I don't know. It just seemed right for that. I don't even remember why, but that's just, I felt like we just needed to build out the world and it was an interesting concept. I always need a hook to get into the weird stuff. So <laughs> I'm all about weird. Yeah. <laughs> You're speaking our language, Tiffany. You're right here with me and Shawnee. Come join us. It's nice. It's nice in the weird spaces. Um, I'm reading Ensnared right now and I'm super into it. I'm like, come on, somebody make a move already. I'm ready. Our most uh, non-human char- character so far. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's definitely soup's not a uh, soup's not even close. Um <laughs> So when you're conceiving it, is that, does it come from like character first and then you build the world or sometimes in these worlds you're like, Ooh, I thought of this cool world. And then you fill it in with different aliens. Usually it's the characters first. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cause you got to have that whole like, look what's appealing and kind of build from that. And yeah. And then build the world around it. Do you yeah. guys have a favorite alien, a favorite world? That's like asking my favorite child. I can't say that. Like one that if you were dipped into that, you'd be like, ooh, this is where I want to, I, 
I want to be here. And <laughs> I would argue that everybody has a favorite child at one point or another. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how they act at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Changes minute to minute. Who napped today? Yeah. You're my favorite. <laughs> Okay, so you guys are full time now. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, for two years, three, three years, three years already. Oh God, I'm in the wrong profession, man. I need to start writing some damn books. No, <laughs> Shawnee, we have we have the the proclivity for the fun, interesting ideas. We just need to sit down and write. Obviously, yeah, that's what you got to do. How that's do the you- button here method? So do you guys um write like one and then the other? Do you write each POV? Do you f- how do you guys manage the writing together? It it kind of starts out as uh back and forth between the POVs, but the further we get into a book, the more it blurs. We started off role playing when we first met. So it's kind of like it's text-based where he would respond, I would respond. And that's kind of how we do our writing. So when it comes to the point of views, he'll start off writing his character, especially if he's by himself, I'll write mine. And when they get together, it's just that back and forth interaction. So it's very almost like live action, I guess. <laughs> and we have a second set, monitor set up, yeah. basically. Well, a third monitor so that uh, and extra keyboard and mouse so that we just work off the same computer at the same time. Yep. And if he gets stuck, I'll pick up where he left off till he kind of gets his mojo running again. and vice versa and that's so. awesome <laughs> whoa that's i mean that's some synchronicity though that's like i don't know anybody that's else who could do that like that that's amazing <laughs> when you say you start off role-playing though like when you met are you talking about like gaming or are you talking about like uh cosplay like, yeah it was gaming it was yeah. like a text-based fantasy role-playing game we were like 16 and 17 at the time. So we've been together for years. We know yeah, each other's writing been, uh, styles. And... 20 years this year since we yeah. started. Oh, together. congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. First, first of all, I think that is like little Shawnee's dream, right? I remember, um, it, it's recently that I remembered how much anxiety I had as a kid because I remember being like, I don't know, 13 or 14 and thinking to myself, oh my God, I'll never find someone to like marry and love who likes to play video games and watch anime and do all these things. I'm like, one day I'm going to have to grow up and I'm going to have to like not do these things and be an adult. I I distinctly remember this idea in my mind. Yeah, take it at heart, take it. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh wait, I didn't have to do any of that. Not at all. Oh, that's amazing. Um, So really quickly because we love open door books and we love the crazy weirdest kinkiest sex possible (laughs) (laughs) so when you are writing uh first of all i have so many questions but i'll I'll start off with when you're writing the sex what is driving the sex like uh between your characters and like how much sex you're going to put in a book um driving sex it's the emotion. We like to get that passion in there, their feelings, but also have that spice. We don't want to go totally like vulgar explicit, but we want the explicit passion, romance, love, all that in there. Um, the amount we try to shoot for three to four a book. Three per book, yeah. So <laughs> I like that. It's just kind of whatever feels right. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Usually, once they finally get together and do it, it's uh, usually back-to-back scenes, it seems like. It's usually yeah. <laughs> That's what it's happens in real up. life. Once you get past <laughs> that yeah. first thing, it's like, why yeah. ever get clothed <laughs> all day? No, now, so I used to produce um, audiobooks. And so when we would be uh, producing like the sex scenes, it would lead to some sexy times later. I'm just <laughs> curious. You don't have to answer me, but I'm just curious if sometimes y'all get into, you know, the role play of it, you know, like what's going where? Hmm, maybe we should try this out. <laughs> if, you know, if any of those kind of moments happen, I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> there were some moments um scenes where it's like you know you kind of get turned on a little bit and everything for the most part sex scenes are hard yeah. <laughs> we struggle with them because we want to get them right so it's just like and after as many books as we've written already it's you know you can't help but feel like have we done this yeah. <laughs> this, this happened hasn't it and it, it kind of takes you out of the moment a little bit yeah, you figure writing, we've written over 30 books now, three to four scenes per book. That's like, oh my gosh. And then, uh, having the kids home for the last year hasn't come <laughs> Oh my God. So how, how old are your like, kids? Oh, they're 14, 11, and nine. Oh yeah. So, so they're like all up in your business game. Just like, get Our out. Our office is like, windows in the doors. So we'll lay on the floor sometimes for positions to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. And our kids walk by like, what are you doing? I was just gonna say I don't know if you guys know Katie Robert she was talking about how she has like little dolls and then she like uses her little dolls so that she could be like okay whose hand was where okay and then she keeps that's running. a good idea <laughs> I just imagine those little art dolls with the little the little yeah. joint, the little joints and they're like oh <laughs> what do you do with the extra limbs though I mean <laughs> oh my god that's for real I, honestly, though, I feel like that's genius in terms of having these different like creature people because uh, that whatever that extra limb is at, changes how the sex they can have. So you'll never have a duplicate yeah. sex scene if you never have a duplicate like creature. Yeah, creature person. <laughs> yeah. Do they have two extra tails? <laughs> well, that's a whole another scene. <laughs> so funny. Two extra tails. Well. What are we doing with those tails? You know what I'm saying? Crack all those limbs too. Usually for me, it's forgetting the tails. If I'm ready, the male point of view, and I'm always the one that has to remember all the extra limbs. So Tiffany always leaves notes for me in the documents. Don't forget, he has extra arms and legs. You need to make sure you mention. Yeah, where are they? What are they touching? What's happening with those extra limbs? Honestly, that's a really great note, though, because uh, I always talk about on the podcast how I'm, how I'm hyper literal, and my brain, um, like, very viscerally builds the picture that like is happening. So, if I know there's a creature and he's got five like situations, I'll be like, okay, two are on the boobs, like one is here, but where are the other ones? So my picture, I'll picture this creature with two hands just flailing out the sides or something. <laughs> <laughs> Comment that Sam did with the jazz thing. For the spice, <laughs> keeping the spice alive. <laughs> when, you, when you guys are writing these series, do you already, like, are you guys plotters where you kind of already know, like, oh, okay, we're going to do six books and we kind of know where each book will go? Uh, 
it's on it's usually on a book per book, book basis. basis a book to book basis uh and snared is the first time that we did it where we know that there's going to be three books because it's just it a trilogy we had to know the beats of the book yeah because and... it's one <clears throat> story for those three books it's basically one really long book so it's not too much different from what we've already done but Usually, like with the Kraken, it was because apparently I just wrote the side characters too well. Yeah. So it had to turn into more books from that. <laughs> I was like, you know, people are going to want stories for them, right? Absolutely. I, mean, I I just read a book and I was like, well, obviously the general needs a book. When's his book coming? And I know it's not book two or three because I can already read the descriptions. They're not out yet. And I'm like, what am I waiting till book four or five? When's the general? <laughs> I want the general. <laughs> So that's definitely, as a reader, something that I am highly, highly interested in. I'm like, ooh, okay. They got a nice little spicy yeah. repartee going on the side over there. That's a funny character. I want to spend a day in his life or her life. Yes. Um, Have you guys? Okay. So I'm, I'm actually curious as to uh, like the post-production. So um, Bridget and I are content creators and YouTubers for a long time. And so we know a lot of times the story happens actually in the edit like not actually what you put down initially. Uh, so I'm curious if you guys have ever had to, like you've tried to edit a book and it's changed the entirety of what that book was actually supposed to be. Or if you ever had to be like, oh, this book is just not working and we just got to scrap it. No. I don't think we've ever hit that yet. No, we we plan an outline pretty thoroughly yeah. beforehand. And then uh, we usually stick that pretty well. Um, and usually the only changes that happen when we edit pretty are, minor. it's mostly background and details to build characters and stuff. That's, that's about all. Usually we're pretty close. It's just wording for mm -hmm. the most part. It probably helps uh, that there's two of you. So if one of you's going off the deep end, yeah. the other one's like, yo, that's not this book. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come back, come back, to, yeah. come back to the plot. Yeah, I would be, I you. would definitely be that one. Shawnee'd be like, what book are you writing? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, four <laughs> chapters into this other book, though. I, I mean, some of our outline, just the outline, hit, some of them hit 10, 15,000 words sometimes. So oh, wow. we've got a pretty detailed beforehand. Yeah. Wow. That's how a, that's Do you guys a, have like a specific number of like books you try to write a year or pages? Like, how do you guys decide on your pacing? Um, we just try to tell the story how it needs to be told. So as long as it needs to be, we've tried to write shorter. And it, it seems work. like when we try to do that, it's the longest book we've ever written. And it was it, uh, <laughs> Stalked by the Alien Assassin was supposed to be short. Yeah. <laughs> we figured uh, 60,000 words, maybe, and it turned into 155. <laughs> and then we keep going back, because I know we get reviews mentioning how it's just too long. And I'm like, but when we go back and look at the scenes, it's like, we can't find a scene that we want to cut. It's just... <laughs> It's just the build of their relationship. And we're like, we can't. And that's the stories that we both like. We like when there's that extra in there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like it's not romance at all, but The Stand from Stephen King, I've only ever read the full version when he put back all the cut stuff that, you know, they say was superfluous, but I love all that extra time with the characters and getting to see into their heads and what they're going through. So yeah. that's just kind of what we gravitate toward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely we've read some shorter sci-fi romances that were much more about the romance and there wasn't a ton of sort of extra world building in them. Um, and they definitely hit like the spot that you want them to hit. But I come from reading like science fiction and fantasy where it's like 
pretty normal for a book to be 500 pages or 700 pages. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, sure, no problem. Is I'll read that and today. I'm like, the books are so thick. And I'm like, just, I want to spend more time in her world, no matter how long they are. Yes. But yeah, I'm like 15 it, books in a series. No problem. <laughs> I think as for how many books we read a year, it's just whatever we can get out. Yeah. Whatever we try to go for at least one every two to three months because we got bills to pay so we have to mm-hmm. <laughs> you got slowed down during the pandemic because we both got sick in november so we've kind of been off since then but trying to get back into a good pace yeah well uh, like are you guys did you guys get and uh end up getting like brain fog or like uh because uh, i know like my mom got sick with covid and a friend of mine and they both had like brain fog like I was talking to my mom and she would just forget what she was talking about like two seconds earlier. And that lasted for like two months at least afterwards. Yeah. I'm, I think we did, or at least I did. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard to say because just it, <clears throat> we were basically stuck on the couch for three weeks. Yeah. We got, when we got sick. So I we was couldn't do sick. anything. <laughs> yeah. She was worse than me, but even I couldn't get up out of the chair that I was sitting in for that whole time. It was just miserable. And then afterwards, yeah, it was very difficult getting tired, you know, doing little things all the time. Every time you think that you feel good enough to get up and do stuff, you go do it, you know, fold a towel in the laundry room. And then you're like, well, (laughs) (laughs) that took it out of me. (laughs) That's my day right there. Pat myself on the back. I also get eye strain or eye fatigue. So staring at the screen and the text, I'll be like thinking and trying to type something and then all of a sudden I'm like falling asleep. <laughs> so, sure. so it's been an uphill battle getting back from that, mm-hmm. but you know, we're, we're managing. Okay. Yeah. As far as what, well, we're glad to hear you're getting healthy again. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because your books are needed. The world needs your books. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that's okay. Yeah. Like, I, I think that it's becoming way more accepted for uh, people to read these different science fiction romances with uh, different aliens and different creatures and different, you know, like for me as a kid, I would have hidden the shit out of that book. I would have had, I would have put a new <laughs> cover on it. I would, I would have done everything. If anybody asked me, I remember kids on the bus asked me what I was reading all the time. And I'd be like, mind your business. <laughs> i remember as a teen just sitting in the books on the floor looking through books in science fiction and fantasy and i'm like where's the romance i don't want just contemporary or just historical i'm like where's the sci-fi where's the fantasy where's the other and i can never find anything so yeah i'm like well i guess we're writing it (laughs) i like that uh, that authors are writing both the like the short versions and long versions of stories because like when i pick up a very short book it's really for one purpose and one purpose only. I got, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to get my fix. Um, but I do also love those long form, you know, world building uh, books as well. As long as I know that that's what's the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, but like, but I agree with what you said earlier in terms of like, if the story is there, I'll go on that long journey. I used to sit through three hour Bollywood films at like every, every <laughs> single day. Um and uh and it like kind of like a lord of the rings or something like that where people are like it's already three hours long and i was like i'll sit through a five hour long movie as long as all the scenes make sense and our our you know it was like just yeah. throwing an intermission and then <laughs> and like, that's what we're talking about we went and saw that in the theater when we were you know we, we've been together a couple of years yeah. but we still we lived across country from each other when we first met 
So I think Tiffany came to visit me in New York and we went with my little brother to see Return of the King in the theater. Mm. And by the time we got to what we thought was the end, we were both oh, like, oh, we got to pee, man. Okay, great. This is a good movie. Glad it's over so we can go to the bathroom. And then the second ending started. Yeah. And the, yeah. the fourth one. <laughs> so we're like, oh my God, I got to pee, hurry up. <laughs> so yeah, intermission definitely on those movies is appreciated. When I was in Turkey, I went to the movies um, with some Turkish friends and I didn't know this, but they do intermissions in all movies. Like they oh, add wow. it. So you can go that to the bathroom, you can get buy more snacks. So the movie, all of a sudden we're watching uh, a Mission Impossible movie and it just cuts out right in the middle of an action scene. And I was like, <laughs> no, I have to know what happens. And I was like freaking out. And I was like, how long do you think it'll take? Like, but like, they didn't choose like a good moment where it's like, a, they just cut yeah. it at halfway right in the middle yeah. of the scene. And I was like, this is the exact middle point right here. What's happening? Yeah. And they were like, oh, it's just intermission. And I was like, what's it? What are you talking about? So we like went out and refilled our sodas and bought more snacks and went in. And I was like, it's kind of civilized, but also like you should have you got to choose that moment then you can't yeah. just like and then we like jump back in and he's like on a motorcycle and i was like ah, where are we <laughs> it's crazy i was like turkish um, people are watching movies wrong <laughs> <laughs> so so bridget and i are always very curious to know uh one i think i mean every author would like to see their their work in on tv or film has anybody ever approached you guys about adapting anything you wrote? No. Oh, this, oh, this hurts my heart. No. We wish. <laughs> we would love to see Dust Walker as a movie. That's the top one I would so, love to see. I'm sure that would bring all kinds of headaches on top of it with contracts and all that stuff, rights and everything. But it'd be nice. But no, nobody's ever, nobody's ever approached us. Have you um, pitched any of your books to traditional authors or were you always intending to do independent publishing? Uh, for a long time. I mean, we back when we first met as teenagers, we both wanted to be writers. But uh, obviously, real life, you know, got in the way for a while. Babies, work. Yeah. I and you just kind of get stuck yeah, that. You know, I don't have the time for it. Don't have the time. We wrote two books that will never see the light of day. <laughs> yeah, based on what role plays that we yeah. have. <clears throat> and then, uh, I mean, I guess that was the intention. I started to write short stories and send them around a little bit, kind of right before we jumped into this. But by the time we sat down, we wrote a short story together that went into uh, an independent anthology. And after that, we were basically like, we could do this. And, you know, the indie market was around for a little while by that point. Yeah. And there were some and really successful authors. And friends with Grace Draven and just watching her publish her books and go through her editors and asking her questions. And she would have Q&As all the time. She's so helpful. It was just like, we can do this. And yeah. then we did it. <laughs> and by that point, it was like, there's, we don't need traditional, no. you know, publishing houses. Yeah. I mean, we weren't making anything really with the first no, few books. Not at first. We had to work still and. We would just write at night, and then by Treasure of the Abyss, it went boom, yeah. which was around the time The Shape of Water came out, that movie. So I don't know if that helped it at all, but it was that was it. And it's like it kept being steady, and we're like, I think you can quit your job. <laughs> yeah, it was four months after that came out, I think. Yeah. We, I quit my day job, and we've been doing it ever since, full time. Was it, um, cool. was it that you put that out, and that book did really well, but then a lot of people were back and read your back? 
uh, catalog or the books mm. that didn't hadn't gone so uh, not so much. It was that book. Wow. And we were able to just keep producing them and getting them out, especially mm-hmm. after he quit. Then we were able to just get them out faster. And... Yeah, I think <clears throat> Dust Walker is probably the one in our back catalog that was out before that that got the most love afterward, but it took a while for, mm-hmm. for it to pick up. But it was basically just that Kraken series, which were really hard for me to write for the most part <laughs> that everybody wanted more of. You got to give the people what they want. Well, I think it's also because there's there's a real void in the market. Like you guys are in a really mm-hmm. good spot for like the sub-sub-genre of alien romance yeah. because most mm-hmm. of them are very humanoid. We just read one um, the other day for our patrons. What up? And I was kind of disappointed. Not that he was humanoid. I was fine with that. But that there was like nothing else. Like usually if there's someone humanoid, it's like they have some sort of alienness that like mm-hmm. they have two hearts or they have like something's going on because like physiologically yeah. I feel like they should be slightly different in some way I mean even just culture or something yeah. but yeah or they have like super sperm that like gives you orgasm something <laughs> cool you know and he yeah. was just like like had like I was just like what bro he's, he's just like, a tall he's just I'm an alien. he's just super <laughs> tall I'm like that's not an alien feature he can't just be super tall is it what color is his skin regular not even metallic come on they're they're good books for people who um are not uh, not sure about sci-fi romance they're good introductions especially for sure who just want to dip their toes into sci-fi for sure for those voracious readers man like me it's like i've already been through all that i gotta i gotta so when i found you guys i was like oh hello because like now i can read your whole back catalog and fulfill that niche that that are not getting somewhere else let's talk audiobooks yeah. because because uh thank you for having audio one how do you guys go about picking your narrators for the books and then like making sure that the book is correct when they when they deliver it we've only got two yeah. in audio out of cantor approached us for treasure the abyss and dust walker and they gave us the choice to pick narrators and we asked to do two uh, male and female and um that was basically it. We didn't get to hear it before it was published or anything. And I asked if they would do more of the Kraken books, but they declined. So that was it on that. Which, I mean, again, they purchased the rights from us and they produced it and everything. But I don't know if the expectation was that we were supposed to push it. And they, they didn't really seem to put anything behind trying to advertise and get no. people reading it so so and they are not doing very good i mean after a couple of years we're still yeah. paying the um what's the word the advance, <laughs> the advance. Uh, so gotcha. audiobooks haven't been on the top of our list and then to do it independently it's just money that we don't have yeah you know sitting around to invest in it so have you guys uh, thought about because the way i i got started was on acx um and so you could do a royalty share with the producers where you just split it 50 50 and you don't have to put any money up front. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked into it too much yet. I think what stopped me was not being able to do the dual male, female, because I like that versus the just male and just female reading. Mm -hmm. But well, I would encourage you because you can do that on ACX. Oh, you can. Mm -hmm. And, okay, I guess I'll do some more research. Yeah, because because I produce them, so then so I would hire the narrators and then or audition them and then send samples. And so if you went in your like breakdown, you just say like, oh, I want dual American Standard 
you know, blah, 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 all the different information that you're looking for. Um, and then people send you their auditions and there's a lot of husband and wife, um, narrator teams, which we, oh, really? yeah. Who was the ones we interviewed? Oh, Tom, we should, Tom yeah. Tor and his wife. Tor Tom. Tor Tom. We should, we should, I'll connect you guys on email. Cause even if you guys don't choose okay. him, you get, he can answer some questions for you. He has a beautiful, deep rumbly voice too. It's Be- real nice. Okay. Beautiful. Real nice. beautiful. And him and his wife. And, yeah. and, and, he, and he also talks about how his twins were made during the creation of an yeah. audio book. That was a little yeah. steamy, you know, yeah. and, um, but, but yes, it is, it is out there and you can kind of, you can kind of set it and forget it. You just, you, if you, once you pick the auditions that you're like, okay, cool, this is it. They'll deliver it in a couple months. You listen to it, make any changes that you might want to make or tweaks like that. And then, and that's it. And then you just share 50, 50. Yeah. I think you can cut out the, yeah. the middle person there as well. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank you. I'll definitely have to look no into problem. that. Me the <laughs> Absolutely. The reason we're all about that is because Shawnee actually doesn't physically read any of the books on our podcast. She only listens to the audiobooks. So we're always trying to get more people to make audiobooks so Shawnee can listen to Absolutely. Them. It's all very selfish. I mean, we're going to hook you guys up, but it's also for us. It is. It, it definitely um, is. Do you feel like after that first book, kind of with Bananas, that your fan base sort of built itself like on like people who would sort of auto buy your books or, or did you guys spend a lot of time on like Facebook or, or Goodreads or whatever to build your audience? I spend a lot of time on Facebook, probably too much, but <laughs> I'm very active with the readers and everything. And we've made a lot of friends and, but a lot of it is word of mouth. They share our books. They talk about our books, which I love so much. Thank you all so much. <laughs> but yes, yeah, we have a really supportive, great fan base. I, I feel like if you like alien creature humanoid books, you would really be super protective of your authors who are <laughs> writing that for you. Like, I just, you know what I mean? I just feel like that comes with the territory. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, we get this whole, like, do you need therapy? Are you okay? Um... <laughs> You're like, no, I have a healthy no. imagination. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Uh, my my father gives me crap all the time. Uh, he's always suggesting <laughs> weird hybrid alien things. <laughs> Jokes on him because someday one of those ideas is going to be in a book, and you can be like, "Here's yeah. your creature. Here's the fan art." I can I can when you say that I can imagine your dad because. Because I can imagine my dad. So my dad thinks he's hilarious. And so if he finds out something about you that's like not of the norm, every time he sees you, he will crack a joke about that. So like, yeah. so like I, I'm a polyamorous person and, and I told my parents, you know, and and uh, every time I see my dad, he, he cracks jokes about my two partners. He's always like, oh, so what What kind of hustle are you working today? Like, what's the, you know, what's the, like, everything. And he thinks he's hilarious. <laughs> as long as he's supportive, he can crack as many jokes as he wants. <laughs> you know, I think I I agree. I mean, I don't expect him to be anybody uh, different. <laughs> and I remember when I told him, he was like, I remember telling him and he just kind of like nodded his head like, oh, okay. And then he looked at me and he goes, he goes, I'm not the one you got to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> 
definitely your mom. That's definitely your mom. I've never even met your mom, and I'm like, she scares me. So parents. <laughs> <laughs> parents are the best in the romance space. Oh, so just as a side note, because uh, you reminded me of this. So when I was a kid, I had to viscerally hide every bit of romance books I ever like read. I was not allowed to read them. It was like a huge taboo in my house and that sort of thing. Um, my mom would throw them away if she found them. I would get in so much trouble. Oh. And and now as an adult, I like to rub in her face. I'm like, mom, one day I'm going to buy you a house off of these, ro- off of these smutty, smutty books. <laughs> Did you buy a house? <laughs> I'm getting there. I am getting there. <laughs> I don't think my mom ever really knew what I was reading. I think she just like, let me just read, but she was not a reader. So even when I had these covers, she was just, I guess she ignored it. I was like, it's not me. I like a good parent who's like, that ain't none of my business. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I don't have to give you the talk. (laughs) Yeah, right. You've already uh, read a few romance holes. You you know the mechanics. (laughs) Yeah. I was uh, like, Robert, did you read a bunch of romance novels so you could kind of get into the flow of like how, like the HEA and and the style, or did you just dive in the deep end? Not, Not really. I just kind of, since we, again, with the role-playing that we started doing, uh, most of the stories that we came up with ourselves revolved around the relationship between the characters. So we basically had that going for us already. I read some before we started, but mostly I relied on a, my Me. expert here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've read more since then, but uh, I went through a funk for a while where I wasn't really reading much of anything. But so then this year I've I've started to change that. That's good. I uh, hate when I'm in a reading slump. It makes me so sad because I know there's so many good books to read. And when I'm in a slump, yeah. it just makes me so sad because I'm like, all these stories I'm not consuming because I'm in a slump. Yeah. They're all out there for me. And then I get so sad. <laughs> I've been in a slump, so I totally know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it was, you know, this is what we do every day. I'm staring at words all day. Mm-hmm. Do I really want to sit and read more when I'm mm-hmm. done with that? Yeah, I want to go shoot people in video games. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's what I do. Zombies. <laughs> that's, what, that's what my husband does. My husband, I'm like, if you looked at all the people, you're a mass murderer. You need, I'm like, <laughs> you, you need to look at your gaming choices. <laughs> you got scary, you got scary gaming choices. Did you play the, the, the zombie one that was like incredibly graphic? What was that one called? It was recent, came out in the last year, I think. We're playing Dying Light right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh God, the one he played, I was like, I was on PS5 and I was like, yo, this is bananas. Like you just slip that zombie stuff and bugs everywhere. Like that is yeah. as far even for me. I, I think, you know, people underestimate video games and like how amazing they are for like your mental health. So it's always like, oh man, if you're playing video games, you're going to become a mass killer. Like that's the media always tries to, to, to say that kind yeah, of thing. No. But like, I remember like a point in time where we were like, creating a ton of content every day, working, like hustling, that sort of thing. And I could, like, I could feel myself just like, like tearing down, you know, like, um, and it, it, like, it was too much. And I remember sitting one day going like, what is it that you're like, what is it that makes you happy, Shani? What is it that you need to get back to so you can have the balance of a thing? And I remember sitting there and going like, 
video games. Like I have not played <laughs> video games in like five years, it feels like. And, <laughs> and I loved video games. And I I was addicted to like Skyrim when I when I first started getting busy. And I couldn't, uh, I switched computers and it wasn't available on Mac anymore. And I remember being like, oh, I can't play my game. And then time went by. And so I specifically went out and bought a PC. You know, I said, I said it was for work, but I really bought this PC because I was like, I'm going to finish Skyrim. <laughs> now Skyrim's on everything, three yeah. different times each. So. Yeah. Well, they're therapeutic. Yeah, super therapeutic. She doesn't, Tiffany doesn't get into them nearly as much as I do, but the right game, the right game appeals to her. I gotta play it all the way through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which can be a problem for things like World of Warcraft that we played for a long time. Yeah, we were together. addicted to that for a while. <laughs> I I like a lot of resource management games. I just do creating systems and and uh organizing colonies and stuff like that. <laughs> like there's this game called Oxygen Not Included on Steam and I'm so addicted to this game. Like you get these little people and you have to keep them alive and the oxygen runs out. And if you haven't created a system, if you haven't, if you haven't created an, a system to create oxygen, then these little fools are gone. <laughs> and they die all dramatic. Um, that's how I feel. The way you guys feel about gaming is the way I feel about HGTV. So it just soothes my mind because it's so like I know the exact routine of the show. You know, it's just like it's like hits all the beats. It like soothes me when I'm like there's like too much going on. It's like oh, but I, or like any movie, like I'll rewatch the same one. I've seen it fifty times. That's what I want. I want the one I know all the lines to. I know all the music swells, so it can soothe me back into like a more calm mental space. That's my jam. And here I am watching horror movies, hacker slashing. <laughs> I love the horror. Give me the blood and gore. <laughs> really? So yeah. I really, I'm not into it. I just saw A Quiet Place 2, though, and in theaters, which was really good. Um, and I, I, I'm more of like a horror comedy, like Cabin in the Woods, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Like, that's my kind of horror. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> College that's, kids. That's my which one? The, the comedy stuff. That's oh, yeah. a little more lighthearted. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I don't mind horror. I've watched a lot because of her, but uh, there's just times where I know that 99% of the time they're going to have an ending where the protagonist dies or it's set up that they're definitely going to eventually. And sometimes I just can't take that, you know, hopelessness. It really just. I, I think about it too much. I feel that I I feel that because like I I can't watch horror at all. I can create horror. I love to create. I love to scare people. Mm -hmm. Super fun I, to make. I cannot I cannot watch it because the anxiety level that it takes me to lasts for days and days. And 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 okay. that same thing that fear and hopelessness like I it gets yeah uh, like my mom says it gets in my spirit. You know what I mean? Like it, it, oh, yeah. and then like uh, one time I was this wasn't horror but it was um. I was watching a bunch of those uh, mysteries, like 
uh, like unsolved mysteries of forensic files, right? And they, they yeah. had that like creepy music or whatever. And I went on like a three day binge. And then one night I was watching it with my screen door open. And then all of a sudden somebody just came banging like, oh. and, and it ended up being this drunk girl who had the wrong house. But when I say, when I say my You're skin, my skin just, just walked away. It just jumped off my body and left. And I, and I don't yell at people. I have like a, like, I just not a yeller, but I yelled at this girl. I said, like, what are you doing? Get out of here, my and, and after that, I turned it off. Like, I was watching it at the time. I was like, I'm just going to turn this off. This seems like, this seems like enough. Wow. <laughs> um, I used to watch, uh, gosh, like the History Channel would have on shows about, not, this is before ancient aliens and uh-huh. stuff, which I can't stand, but they used to have shows about like aliens and Bigfoot and supernatural stuff like that. And I was terrified of that stuff when I was younger, but I'd watch it all the time anyway. And it's like the aliens from like the alien movies that are really freaky looking. Those didn't bother me yeah. at all. But the gray aliens with the big black eyes, <laughs> for whatever reason, I used to get uh, sleep paralysis all the time. And I think that's always what I, I'd always feel something with me. Yeah. And it always <laughs> after watching that stuff. So I'd be like, am I getting abducted right now? <laughs> First of all, sleep paralysis sucks. Yeah, that sounds it scary. sucks. <laughs> it's not fun at all. That sounds so but scary. For whatever reason, I moved, uh, when I moved to Idaho to be with Tiffany, I kind of stopped. I don't really, I get it every now and then, mm-hmm. but. You know, instead of being in every night or every other night, it's every few months. Oh, the, what, what was love it? right there. That's what, what that was it? She's in bed with you, and you're like, "I'm safe yeah. and happy in yeah. my bed." And I'm, and I'm like, "People yeah, watch out for me." I, yeah, I can't even now. Uh, if I'm in bed, if I'm facing, if I'm facing toward the wall, I'm more okay. But if I'm facing away and have like my back to just nothing behind me, and his feet sticking, I have to have my body basically <laughs> completely covered up to my neck. Or it just something gets to me. Yes, it's like dangling your foot off the bed. That shit, no. that's recycle pads. You know you can't dangle your foot off the bed. You gotta have nerves. You, you guys would hate how I sleep. I sleep with my one arm dangling and then both <laughs> both my feet out the bottom of the covers because I get that's very me. sweaty. I like put the blanket off and yeah. <laughs> I had to do that the one time my AC went out for like a week or whatever it was. But I remember the first day that I was like, I gotta sleep with no covers, even if it's a hundred degrees. I gotta sleep with covers, um, like and and hung my foot off the bed. And I remember just laying there, my eyes dead open, just like Johnny, can, can you? And like like talking myself through it, Johnny. There's nothing under the bed. Nothing's gonna get your foot. Your foot is fine. Your foot is totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you like, keep crawling. <laughs> That's like when your 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 parents are going. I told you as a thir- third grader not to watch those horror movies, and you like went snuck over to your friend's house to watch that horror movie, and now you can't dangle your foot off the bed. <laughs> mine was um, mine was Halloween. Oh my god, Mike, Mike Myers scares the shit out of me still. <laughs> just he's just walking. There was some movie with uh, I think it was kind of about sleep paralysis, but it was a horror movie that had like shadow people in it. I think I watched some of it with you, and after that, I started. I started to get it again. <laughs> you watch this kind of movies. The only thing that ever freaked me out was the killer clowns from Outer Space. 
just, looking at it now, I mean, they're still creepy, but it was such a corny movie. <laughs> oh, I, used I, to, a- I used to not want to watch stuff because I'm from Illinois and like all of them take place in Illinois. It's like Mike Myers, Children of the Corn. <laughs> like they're all in Illinois. And I was like, why is Illinois so scary? <laughs> or like, like the... Um, Oh, with the candy man that's in Chicago, not far from my house. And I was like, yeah. the candy man's out there, you guys. We can't do these things. We can't go places. That's why I guess we're pretty over. safe here in Idaho. <laughs> oh yeah, my gosh. You guys are fine. I have Beautiful a question. Mountains. I have, I have yeah. a random question because I've been trying to figure out what this movie is. And I just want to know if maybe, <clears throat> maybe you know what it is. So when I was like, I don't know, maybe six or so. My my mom was very strict. She she pre-taped everything that we could watch. We were not allowed to just be on the TV watching willy-nilly when we were little. Um, but she left town. She was like gone on tour and my dad was in charge of watching us. And he <laughs> he was watching this movie where, uh, and I just remember this scene very vividly, where there was like three guys in masks. One was like an eagle head. One was probably like a president. It was a person um or whatever but those like pullover masks and they knock on the door of these old people's house and this old guy enters and they just shoot him in the face and then they shoot his wife in the face and i so so of course my dad let me watch this i'm sitting there in front of the tv it was like (laughs) (laughs) big eyes and then my mom comes home and i'm like daddy let me watch this Right, and then I heard them yell, like my mom and them arguing for like the next three hours. Oh no! Oh. But I've always been curious what this movie is, and that's the only part that, that I remember. That doesn't sound like horror. That sounds like a. That sounds more like a thriller, like an action movie, sort of like the bad guys go in because they're doing something nefarious. That doesn't sound I like a horror movie to me. First, but I'm like, that's too new. Because but... horror movies like usually don't have guns, like shooting people. You like. It's more scary. That's yeah. like, that's not scary. That's just like horrifying. What, I mean, whatever this was, it came on TV in like 1992. <laughs> it sounds like it was I like some Russell, like Kurt Russell action movie or something. And I just cannot remember what it was. It was like a hard romance kind of thing. But all these years, I've never been able to find what it was. I I feel like there needs to be like a um, a show that's like you, people just describe something that they're trying to figure out. <laughs> Some movie expert yeah. figure it out. <laughs> it. People just try to guess what the hell it is. <laughs> There's like the or same thing like with- a panel of yeah. movie nerds who are like, it could yeah. be this, and they're like, I don't think that's, yeah. I don't remember that scene. <laughs> the only books, the only books that I vividly remember in romance are the ones that I read very young, like the first books. At a certain point, you're reading so many that they're just they become potato chips but the very first ones i read imprinted on my brain and so i try to go back and find those stories and i have no idea what their name is i got them from the library i like i'll never find them again not in the sea of romance that exists you know i guess it depends on how far back the library records go (laughs) (laughs) i think i might have you guys have any do you guys have any books that are or authors that you're especially loving these days that you're like, ooh, everyone should check them out? I'm always recommending R.D. Smith. I also love Naomi Lucas, uh, Regine Abel. Um, yeah. You've been in a slump. Catherine Ann Kingsley. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I, I've just been kind of reading all over the place, just trying to actually read. Anything. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be romance. It could just be anything. Anything, yeah. That's just an or a movie part. or a video game that you're. It doesn't have to be that you're obsessed with right 
Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy 14 yeah. right now. <laughs> oh, is, it, is it good? Is it good? I like it. I mean, it's. Have you ever played an MMO before? Yeah. <laughs> Which one? What have you played? I've played. Well, I've played all of the Final Fantasies. But, <laughs> but I've played. If you played all the Final Fantasies, it has MMO elements, but a lot of the story is just set up like a Final Fantasy game. Oh, okay. So you kind of. You have points where you have to do stuff with other people, but for the most part, it's almost, you could think of it almost like a single player game. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, I guess it's a, a meme by now, but they have the free trial thing. You could play like the original game and the first expansion for free up to like level 60 or something. So oh, hell yeah, I'll do that. It's worth checking out. If you like Final Fantasy, you like anime stuff. Yeah. <laughs> most WoW players would say that you're a weeb and you should go play that instead. <laughs> That's not the answer. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII was my favorite game of all time. Yeah, I was like twelve, I think, when it came out. So, so. Seven and ten are, are my are my Jimmy Jams. I don't think I've gotten through any of the other ones. <clears throat> oh, I Final Fantasy Tactics. Ten. I know uh, the only time I've ever been mad at a Final Fantasy and didn't finish is ten point five. I don't know why they made that game. They took these badass female like heroes from from ten and turned them into a pop singing group. And ten and ten and a half, where their powers were the Samba of Death. <laughs> but real talk, I wish I could Samba, and then people would just be dropping like flies. <laughs> Dangerous power to you. So, just be like, oh, everyone. Here's listen. something that was good. And that's since we were talking, it's, it's a book, technically, it's a graphic novel, uh, saga. Let me check the guy's name. <laughs> I love graphic novels, so so yes. There's there's what this. What is it? Oh, it's just called Saga. Yeah. Who's it? Nice. By? I can't read the. Probably yeah. flipped. Who's the author? Yeah. It's uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples as the artist. Oh, cool. We'll uh, we'll link that. Well, it's all reversed oh. on the camera. Oh, cool. So that's okay. Nobody sees us, but that us. That looks great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. This is a collection of you know. It's like 1,500 pages or something. I love how they're both. It was really good. And I cried my eyes out oh. by the end, and it's not done. I just, <laughs> I just love how the book is bold enough to just call itself Saga. Like, just take the whole... <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, it's a comic that was running for a long time, I guess, and I didn't realize when I picked this up, I was just looking for stuff to read. So they went on a hiatus that I think they're coming back from soon. Nice. But I believe that they said this is like half the story. <laughs> So it'll probably be ongoing for a while, but it, what I, what's here is really good. Yeah. Well, at least you won't you won't run out of something to read for a minute. <laughs> well, I read that one. I, it, this thing is super that's thick. Super thick. Really yeah, that's super thick. So you know, yeah. at the expense of my wrist, I I read it. <laughs> so so I have one last question for you guys. Um, we because we're all about the romance here. We're all about the HEA. You guys met when you were super young, and you you're still together twenty years later. So, what is the secret sauce for having a relationship last this long? Communication and friendship. We're like each other's best friends, I and mean, we have people ask like, "How do we stand each other?" Especially now, twenty four seven, every day, and it's just. We're best friends, and we talk about anything. And Once again, we were across the country from each other when we met, so it was all online and calling cards. We spent so much money on calling <laughs> cards. 
yeah. to call each other, you know, so we wouldn't get in trouble for long distance charges for our parents. Before cell phones. <laughs> so but for the first couple of years of our relationship, all we could do was talk. That was it. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, wound up serving as a really good foundation for what we have. Oh, I'm just imagining you guys be like, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. And it's like, boop, boop, boop. Your calling yeah, card is on this. And the calling card hangs up for you. Yeah. We still have, a, I have a box full of our letters that we've written each other's back and forth over the years when we were young. And I'm like, that, my kids, I'm like, you'll be gifted that when we pass away. You'll have our entire relationship love life when we were teenagers right there for you to read and all the melodramas the <laughs> so much so much longing and angst oh my god yeah. i love it that's awesome our parents will never let us be together oh. <laughs> uh, uh, so i know that shawnee said that was the last question but now i have a follow-up one because you were in new york so did you go to school in new york and then move to idaho or did you go to school in idaho i went to school in new york for college and then moved to New York all his life until he met me. Got it. I grew up in Queens and I think I was 16 when my mother moved out of the city. So I went with her. We went to Orange County, which is like an hour and a half outside the city. And I finished high school there. I went to college briefly in Albany. And then I was living back in the city again with my dad when I decided it was time to go. He didn't want to stay away from me any longer. Oh. It was she came to visit. I think in January of 2004 and uh, really great time. And she left and I was more miserable than I'd ever been in my life. So after that, I was like, I'm just going to save what money I have and buy a plane ticket. And that's it. He loves me. I love this. You guys, he just wiped a tear away. I'm going to cry. That's so cute. First of all, this is the fucking sweetest thing ever. And two, so sweet. as, a, as a person who's only lived in, in big cities, it would it would take the deepest love for me to move to Idaho. Like, this, the <laughs> deepest, <laughs> deepest. You know, uh, no hate against New York City, but I spent enough time there to not want to be there anymore. <laughs> It just, and every time I've gone back, it's just too much. I just, I like to just relax and be laid back. When I was there, I could keep up with everything, you know, and now, now we go back and I get people try to hand me flyers and stuff because I look (laughs) like I don't live there anymore. You know, I used to know, just don't make eye contact with anybody. Walk fast, don't make eye contact. (laughs) Just blow them off. If you look at them, then they want to give you something. And then when you blow them off, then they're angry at you. Because you looked at them and you signaled that you want to interact. I just literally moved uh, three weeks ago from Los Angeles uh, back to Chicago. And I'm in a, we just bought a house in the suburbs. It is like exact that reason. It's like, I just want to like chill. Like me and my husband like to chill, you know, I want to have like neighbors mm-hmm. down the block. I can be like, come on, yep. let's barbecue. <laughs> let's hang we out. We totally live in a cabin in the forest if we could. But yeah. <laughs> If we got good internet, we would. But. Yeah, no, but you got to have, uh, I, I'm in an apartment right now mm-hmm. in between and we have slow internet and it is killing oh. me. We went from one gig yeah. down to whatever nonsense they have. I was trying to just load oh. a regular website and I was like, what's happening? What's happening? I was freaking out. Yeah. There was, was a like, nice house in the country. What? There was a nice house in the country we were looking at when we went to buy a house a couple of years ago. But that was what it came down to: was there was no no internet. no no wife no good internet over there. It was just dial up if, and we or satellite 
I'm like, we can't, uh-uh. we can't do that, especially now with three kids. No. With three, <laughs> three kids and you guys game and you guys make your business on the internet? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> that's, for, that's just for other people. <laughs> make up a schedule. Okay, it's your turn for the internet right now. Everybody else get off. Think back to the 56K times. <laughs> you know, it's... It, get off the phone! So, so I was actually thinking about like what you guys are talking about. I was thinking about yesterday because... A friend of mine invited me to this event that had like people there who like, you know, can help your career type type situation, type mixture thing. And I remember right before I left the house, like having this like almost like a panic attack because my body was like, no, I don't want to go back to what the world looked like before the (laughs) pandemic. I don't want to go back to the hustle and bustle of trying to go to events, trying to meet people, trying to do a thing. Like I had this active, like visceral, like, like, no. And I was like, no, I want the, I like the quiet that has been cultivated in this last year. And I, I'm going to convince like- Shawnee to move out near me in Chicago. I'm so close. I got her partner on board. He's like, oh, I could buy a warehouse. I was like, you can buy a warehouse in the suburbs of Chicago for so cheap. I was like, I was like, you could buy a house. I was like, you could buy whatever you want. Cause it's not LA prices. I was like, come out, come be my friend. So I got him on board already yeah. kind of. So um, she's happy. Yeah. But I was actively thinking about yesterday. I was like, you know what? Bridget is probably living like a chill ass life out there. And it wouldn't yeah, be yeah. starting over. I mean, my Big home girl house. is there. Big like, ass yard. <laughs> I, and I made her have a guest room just for me. You know what I'm saying? Obviously. And so, There's a closet that's just for Shawnee for Shawnee's belongings. She likes <laughs> wants to leave there. <laughs> and I, I just, but I just remember that. And I was just thinking like, no, I don't want this. I want that. I want the simpleness of life. And I, and I, Going into the future, I was like, I don't want to have any more inauthentic connection. Like, I don't want to have to mm-hmm. smile in someone's face and pretend that I'm interested in what they're talking about. Yeah, I would just like to have authenticity in my life and <laughs> and my relationships. So yeah. it's definitely. So I definitely am uh, envious, and I and I hear you what you're saying. I hear I'm picking up what you're putting down over there. This is good, you guys. This has been so fun. Thank you for coming on our show. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to let everyone know all about your books and uh, tell everyone what's the, like, if you were going to choose one book as like, oh, this is the one to start with in your catalog, which one would you tell people to start with first? Claim by an alien warrior. She know. She knew. She's like, Clean by an Alien Warrior, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. Well, we'll, we will link Clean by an Alien Warrior, so you guys can make sure to check that one out first. Are all your books on Kindle Unlimited? Yeah. Okay, so all you Kindle Unlimited fans, those books are on Kindle Unlimited, and we'll make sure that if you don't have Kindle Unlimited, you can get 30 days full free by clicking a link in the bio, and then you can also click the link to get that book and make sure you read all of their fun romances thank you all right you guys until then may your books be your lover and your hand your best friend (laughs) thanks for hanging in with us romance readers head over to instagram to continue chatting with us we're super friendly we want to cackle with you we want to know what your favorite sex scene was and we need more book recommendations if you want to read along with us go to our website romanceataglance.com to see what we're reading next and we'll see you next podcast